Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, those are the nine teams that currently have offensive coordinator openings, which of course makes it harder to find a good offensive coordinator because anyone with options may not opt to be your coordinator. So we're going to go through each one and we're going to apply a number between one to 10. How desirable is each opening with 10 obviously being the most desirable and one being the least. Let's start with the first one that we have on the list, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles entering year two as the head coach after the baton was handed to him by Bruce Arians. Byron Leftwich has been fired after four seasons. How desirable, Chris, to you is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coordinator job, especially with Tom Brady most likely not coming back? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm assessing this as him not being back. And, I mean, this is low here. Uh, this is not a desirable job. You know, I think we saw some of the issues with their football team this year. I'm, I'm going to put it at like a four, I think, when I look at it. You know, one, yeah, quarterback issue, right. Uh, tight end, okay. You know, they got a young guy or two, Kate Otten's there. Maybe we'll see. Nothing special, though, at least at this point. Running back, solid, nothing, nothing special. Mike Evans, you know, we saw he, he's losing a step. He's getting to that point of his career. Chris Godwin, good. But, again, he was franchise-tagged, right? So we don't know where that's going to go, right? Other third receiver, not sure about. Man, left tackle, Donovan Smith, not very good this year. I mean, really, you could sit there and argue in a lot of ways and go Tristan Wirfs is the best player on their offense right now at right tackle. So, yeah, they're, they got a lot of issues, and they got some rebuilding to do down there in Tampa. What do you think, Mike? Where you put it at? I, I would say it is a three right now, frankly, because I feel like the walls are closing in on the Buccaneers and they're going to have some lean years. So if I go there as the guy in charge of the offense, as the guy who's the play caller, and in this segment we're going to focus on the jobs where the coordinator isn't just sidecar to an offensive head coach. The coordinator's taking over the offense. I don't want to be part of it because I, I feel like yeah. it's done. Todd Bowles I feel like be in trouble over. after the year, the, right? Right. The standard 
the standard recently is too high. The decline has started, and now they're going to fall off a cliff in 2023. So if I have any other option whatsoever, I'm not taking that job because I'm, I'm signing up. For some of these jobs, you sign up knowing who your quarterback is going to be. For a lot of them, I don't know. Who's the quarterback going to be? Oh, I can't wait to bring my offense to Tampa Bay. Let me know who the quarterback's going to be. Right. Well, we'll let you know in a few weeks. Go ahead and start working on your offense. We'll let you know who's actually going to be, you know, running the plays <laughs> at the appropriate time. It's not going to be Brady. Blaine Gabbard, I remember not that long ago, Bruce Arians was saying, Blaine Gabbard's the most underrated player in the NFL. Okay, Bruce. Kyle Trask has been, who knows? We haven't seen him play. They used a second-round pick on Kyle Trask in 2021. Yeah. Years really do start to kind of blur together. So, hey, they they may have options in free agency, but if you're a free agent, do you really want to follow Tom Brady for a team that feels like its best years are behind it and they're in the midst of a full rebuild? It's almost like they have to bottom out and draft a franchise quarterback. So, to me, that's a three at best, maybe a two in Tampa Bay. Okay. All right. Good. You got four. I got that. I probably should have probably made it a three myself. Just, you know, again, I think when you add on the, wait, if it doesn't go well, Todd Bowles can be in trouble type of thing this year. They, you got to think about the the appeal of that as well. Um, so I'm with you. All right. What's the next team you want to hit on here? All right. Next team is the Baltimore Ravens. And <laughs> to greater sense of stability, a playoff team, more attractive from that perspective, Chris. I'll go first on this one. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Baltimore. Now, as part of the interview process, you're going to ask some tough questions. What's your plan for Lamar Jackson? Do you think you can sign Lamar Jackson? If it's not Lamar Jackson, is it Tyler Huntley? Or are we exploring other options there, which would necessarily change the offense? Last Thursday, John Harbaugh, the coach of the team, said their identity will remain the same, which tells me it's either going to be Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley, a quarterback. Regardless, you look at... The uncertainty with quarterback. You've got 15 years of John Harbaugh. You've got to wonder how much longer that's going to last. And you look at how the door has revolved. This will be offensive coordinator number seven for John Harbaugh. Yeah. I'm putting this at a five right now. And I know Harbaugh said that it's going to be a highly desirable job. I don't know that many of them are all that desirable this year, frankly. And maybe five is the highest number I'm going to come up with for any of these. But I just feel like this is a five because, you know, if I knew Lamar Jackson was going to be the quarterback, maybe it'd be a seven, but I don't know he's going to be the quarterback. So I'm taking this job just like in Tampa. I got no idea who the quarterback's going to be, and it may or may not be Lamar Jackson. And if it is, it may just be for one more year, and then we got to figure out what we're doing next year. I, it's just, to me, five. Be- best I can do is five. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go north of that. I mean, I, I want to do as the exercise. I, I, you know, again, I know you're right. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. I'm not grading on a curve. So I'm not. I may not give anybody more than a five. I'm not grading on a curve. Nobody's getting a ten. So the Nobody, franchise. No, yeah, none of these are a ten. So the the the. You know, again, I do think Baltimore is going to try to make it happen with Lamar Jackson, right? I do, and, you know, there's a part of me, too, that sometimes sits here and goes, man, I I don't know. There's guys like Anthony Richardson, right, the Florida quarterback who's built like Cam Newton. There's a part of me that sometimes thinks, man, maybe draft him and pick whatever you got and, and just start it all over with what you've done with Lamar Jackson. But, like, as far as the sake of this exercise, as we sit here right now, I'm going to say he is going to be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. I think I'm going to give it a six, I think. I want to almost maybe give it a seven if I really knew he was going to be there. It is a really good O-line. We know that. They got running backs. They got very good tight end play. They need receivers, you know, and they do have 
you know, the the young guy I'm blanking on his name from uh, who they drafted in the first round two years ago from Minnesota. Who Rashad looked, Bateman. Yeah, Rashad, Rashad Bateman, Bateman. Thank you. Yeah, who looked good early in the year before he he got hurt. So. You know, I'll say six right now. I want to say seven, but that uncertainty of Lamar Jackson does uh, does concern me for sure. Well, and I said if I knew Lamar Jackson was going to be back, I'd say yeah. seven. So the uncertainty affects me a little bit more than it affects you. And I'm not – I don't know. I just really don't know if he's going to be back. I think the most likely way he's back is if they use a non-exclusive franchise tag, he goes out to the open market, nobody just drops a five-year fully guaranteed contract into his lap, right. and he realizes – I can't get from any of these other teams the thing I want from the Ravens. And, oh, wow, the best offer I've gotten is from the Ravens because the Ravens don't have to give up first-round pick plus as part of the transaction. They're in a position to pay me even more, assuming they'll pay him what, what they were going to pay him last year, supposedly they're going to pay him. And, 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 and you know, it's, it bubbled up again over the weekend that the Ravens only offered $133 million fully guaranteed. We talked about this yesterday. Until you know the full deal, you don't know whether or not he should have taken it. The question now is, would that deal be back on the table this year? Chargers. This is one where you know who the quarterback's going to be. This is the one that should be a 10. Should be a 10. But, but, what's going to happen in 2023? especially if Sean Payton doesn't take a job this cycle when he's looming over Brandon Staley for all of 23, Jim Harbaugh, who still wants to come back to the NFL. This is the job everybody wants because of Justin Herbert. Do I want to be that offensive coordinator knowing that this is a stew of potential dysfunction, that, that folks may be on the hot seat, and the pressure's on me to get more out of Justin Herbert. We've seen jobs like this. We saw it just last year when Matt Rule couldn't find an offensive coordinator, so he dusted off Ben McAdoo in his giant sport jacket, uh, and it didn't work. Matt Rule got fired in early October. A lot of pressure on the next offensive coordinator. So that makes it – this is the one I'm going to do the highest. I'm still going to call it a 7 because of Justin Herbert. It should be a 10 but the concern about the job security of Brandon Staley and the rest of the staff, you know, and I understand the, the, the nature of the job is you pack up all your stuff and you move to a new city maybe every single year. I don't want to walk through the door assuming that I shouldn't waste my time unpacking my boxes. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get – I'm going to give it a nine. I am just in well, – one mere – you know, this would be one where, Mike, I just look at it and go, I don't know. I don't know. If I was a really hot offensive coordinator, I'd go, and I know the Sean Payton thing, that might be the one thing that really would scare you, maybe, you know, a year down the road or whatever. But at the same time, I would feel like, man, if I go there with this guy at quarterback, even if the staff gets fired, it ain't going to be because of me and the offense and whatever. I'm going to get a job somewhere or they're going to keep me because they're going to go, wow, that was damn good. So I, I feel like all you can do is improve your status here as far as at least the way it's set up. I know you got to go out there and do it and put game plans together. But, man, Herbert's special. So Herbert, franchise left tackle. When healthy, I think they got the O-line right. You got Keenan, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, locked up for another few years. You know, Austin Eckler, a good option. There's a lot of good things. They probably need a real between the tackles, first and second down running back. They got decent tight end play. Uh, so I, I look at this one clearly to be kind of the crown jewel of all the ones we're talking about because, like you said, I mean, Justin Herbert is clearly one of the four best quarterbacks in football, special, and just starting you know, at the tip of the iceberg as far as career and, and what he can end up being here.
And uh, look, for the same reasons that head coaches would want that job, you would think offensive coordinators would want it because it's a pathway to becoming a head coach. And it gives you a hell of an opportunity to get more out of a guy that it feels like they're not doing enough with Justin Herbert. The next offensive coordinator could do a lot more than Joe Lombardi was able to do. All right, Tennessee Titans. Team that was the number one seed a year ago failed to make the playoffs this year after getting bounced week 18 by the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback issue, Ryan Tannehill. Then there's Malik Willis, and he yielded to Josh Dobbs, who was barely with the team, barely unpacked his bag before he was starting down the stretch. How desirable is that job? You got Derrick Henry. I don't know how many years he's got left. Tread on the tire. Running backs don't play as long as quarterbacks and receivers. Where would you put that number between 1 and 10 on the Titans offensive coordinator gig? Gosh, I, I'm going to say 6. You know, maybe I'm being kind there. I, I'm, I'm giving that Derrick Henry still got another you know year, two, three, really, of good play left in the tank, which I, I think is fair to say. He still looks like he's damn good and going to be one of the top running backs in football. The O-line we know is good. Tannehill, yeah. He might not be like, hey, our guy for the next five years, but if I was an offensive coordinator, I'd go, hey, my offense is good. I could I could work with Ryan Tannehill. He can make all the throws. He moves well. He's a good decision maker. So that certainly would be a positive in my opinion. The big negative, Mike, is what we hit on all year. It's just the, the emergence or who can be some weapons at receiver. Traylon Burks did kind of come on, but then he got hurt and banged up, so we never really got to see the true product there. Um, I, but, I, you know, again – Mike Vrabel, defensive coach, uh, you know, you're going to be able to give him like the keys a little bit, like, hey, here, go coach the team, do your own thing there to a degree. Uh, I'm going to go six. I'm going to go six with Tennessee. I'll go six as well. I'm concerned about where the roster is currently headed, but, but, now I'm going to go seven. Here's why I'm going to go seven. Okay. A couple of offensive coordinators of the Titans in recent years have become head coaches. Yeah. Matt LaFleur, Arthur Smith. Not a bad position to be in if you can get the most out of that offense. Also, there's something to be said from just kind of being around Mike Vrabel, learning how he does things, learning how he coaches as it relates to preparation to take over a team of your own. I think a lot can be gleaned from him as you try to work your way into being guy who can be a coach. Yeah. I think that's... That's yeah. I wonder how many of these offensive coordinators are so caught up in X's and O's versus spending a lot of their time watching and listening and monitoring and learning from the head coach. So it gives me a chance to watch Mike Vrabel, one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's got a great way about how he does things. He's a great leader of men. I'd be prepared better to be a head coach by monitoring him and Again, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Malik Willis may be a guy that doesn't last there very long, may have been a guy that John Robinson wanted and Mike Vrabel didn't. Mike Vrabel sure didn't act at the end of the season like he thought well, Malik he ain't ready, was yet. ready to go. He got we benched for that. Josh Dobbs. Right. And, we don't, and we don't know what Ryan Tannehill is going to do. And, you know, hey, if I take that Tampa job, there's a chance I'm going to be coaching Tom Brady. Again, that uncertainty, uh, I mean, Tennessee job, there's, there's, there's that uncertainty as to who the quarterback's going to be. But I'd have, I just have a great deal of faith and trust. And I feel like Mike Vrabel, even with a GM from outside the organization, I still feel like Vrabel emerged from what happened with John Robinson with more power. He survived last year's debacle. Yeah, will the seat be a little bit uncomfortable this year? That's okay. It's always uncomfortable. 
it's you can go from safe to out in any one year in the NFL. We know how that goes. So I'll, I'll just give it a seven for all things considered and because a pipeline of coaches has already begun to emerge from being the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel as the head coach. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that's, I, that's why I kind of said what I said at the end there too. Mike Vrabel, your head coach, he's going to give you the keys to the offense. You'll learn how to manage games, do stuff like that. But, yeah, I, and again, the Ryan Tannehill thing is not as a concern for me. I mean, he's still – He's still a, a good player, and, you know, whether it's long-term, whatever, I don't know if that happens, but I think the next year or two, you, you as an offensive coordinator, you look at it and go, well, there's certainly a lot worse options out there than Ryan Tannehill. Jets are looking for an offensive Ooh. coordinator Whoa. and a quarterback, and it feels like the heat has been turned up on everyone in the organization. How desirable, scale of 1 to 10, after Matt LaFleur took the fall for this year, do you like that job for next year if you're a candidate who has options? Give me your number one to ten. I, like, they got everything except the quarterback, right? And, I, I, you know, their O-line got beat up at the end of the year. But, man, their O-line at its health, you know, healthiest and what we saw early in the year, they were a force. They ran the ball. They protected pretty good. You know, Brees Hall with what he was doing before he got hurt, right? Michael Carter, the other running back, he's damn good. Receivers got options there. And so I look at everything here with the Jets and go, damn, there's a lot to like here. Now, you know, the quarterback situation is definitely dicey. I don't like the way, of course, Zach Wilson looked. You know, we talked about it. And I think he's got extreme talent, but he lost his way this year. And I think the Jets helped him lose his way. I do not agree with how the Jets handled that situation. And really, when they made that decision and made that a situation, the team fell apart. And they fell apart at the end of the season. They made it about one guy. Instead of it's a team sport, they made all their problems after going five and two as a quarterback after one guy, but that is an issue there. But I will say too, it's a year where there's options at quarterback and free agency. Now not, they're not maybe not going to be superstars. We're not talking about Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Josh Allen, but I think there are some good options there. I, I look at this. I'm going to say a seven. You know, I really think the talent is actually, you know, greater than that. The quarterback situation is dicey. Uh, it is. But, I mean, listen, if I was a really good OC, I'd be sitting there going, yeah, okay, wait, we got some options out there in free agency. And, man, I kind of – Zach Wilson can do some special things. Let me see if I can correct him a little bit. So there's a few options at least at the quarterback position to where you don't feel like you're totally handcuffed. Would – and there's been some chatter, and we're going to talk later about Aaron Rodgers. There's been some chatter about the Jets as a, a potential destination, right. which is just perfect. It's the Brett Favre career arc <laughs> taken to the next step. <laughs> That's funny. Um, does that make it more attractive or less attractive if it's Aaron Rodgers at this stage of his career? Given everything we know about Aaron Rodgers, is that the guy you want to be working with if you're an offensive coordinator it's, of the Jets? It, it's dicey. It's, it's a roll of the dice. You know, I think at one end you're looking at it and go, okay, wait, I got Aaron Rodgers. That'll be good. He's been, he's played, he's experienced, all that. The other thing you have to go, damn, it's Aaron Rodgers, and there's going to be some drama, and he's going to want to do some things the way he wants to do it, and you know, I'm going to have to deal with that and kind of deal with the personality. So it kind of goes both ways there. Um, and and you know, I saw Rodgers talk about, you know, he'd be open to adjusting his his the money he's making and all that. I saw that quote there. You know, again, I don't know. I guess ultimately, you know, it, it'd probably make it more attractive, but, you know, you're also going to be a little scared as well. 
Adjusting the money does not mean taking a penny less than that to which he is entitled. All that means is moving stuff around and doing cap things to make it easier to put him on the roster this year and you kick the can down the road. When I see adjusting, that doesn't mean taking a penny less. So I I think for me, that would make the job less attractive, frankly. I'd want a quarterback that I know is going to be there for more than a year. That's one of the things I saw Peter King suggested that the Packers want two first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. Who the hell is giving you two first-round yeah, picks crazy. you don't know he's going to play more than one year? Yeah. You know, um, so and they, they can want that maybe 100 percent accurate. And Peter said he's guessing a lot of times when Peter guesses, he knows. But <laughs> if the Packers want two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers, they aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers because they're not getting two first round picks for him. maybe a one plus a conditional second one based upon what he does, how many games he plays, how long he plays, maybe like a 2025 first round pick potentially based upon what happens in 23 and 24. But uh, I, it doesn't make it more attractive to get back to my point. No, and I'd put, I'd probably put a five on the Jets too, maybe a four, just because it's New York. The you know, you, you've talked from time to time about how, how Jets fans are just like ridiculously and recklessly demanding, and then you you finally find a quarterback that you're going to try to build around, and he gets injured, and the other guy comes in, and has a good game, and and they throw the one guy overboard, and they rally around the other guy. It's just, it's just, there's too much, too much, there's a lot. Uh, but and I say and I say if I'm if I'm a coordinator with options, I wouldn't want that job. Well, you know what? I don't know that I want any of these jobs. I, maybe Chargers and Titans, but other than that, I I would I don't know what I would do. Uh, all right, one more to do. Commanders. Ron Rivera moves on from Scott Turner. Kind of feels like he was made the scapegoat for a team that almost made it to the playoffs. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Although Sam Howell is indeed going to be QB one entering the offseason program, subject to change. How attractive is that, Joe? Well, there's just some things you love. I mean, we hit on it a bunch during the year, right? Running backs, good. Three receivers, Dan, you know, good. Really, four. O line turned the corner. I think that's an imp- they need to improve there a little bit, but at least they were. You know, capable of running the ball and protecting towards the end of the year, right? The quarterback situation's the the big conversation there for sure too. You know, so I, you know, it's another one where I'm intrigued. There's potential with the talent on the football team. You know, O line improve, quarterback situation definitely a big question mark. But this seems like there's you know, some some options going to be out there. Yeah, I don't again, I don't know if they're going to be long term forever, but. I think good enough options to where, hey, wait, we're Washington. We get Jimmy Garoppolo. We sure up our old line. Hey, we could be, you know, we could be good. We get Derek Carr. Whoa, we could be real good. You know, there, there's going to be that out there. I'm going to say a seven here with them as well. I'm going to say a seven. I think an offensive coordinator is going to like a lot of things about this football team and the offense. Uh, the quarterback thing is, is, of course, the number one thing that has to be addressed. I'm going to go with five because – this has a one-year feel to it. Mm. By next year, there likely will be a new owner, and the new owner may want to just press the button and reset everything. And uh, again, part part of, and this is speaking from the perspective of someone who has lived in the same town for nearly thirty years, doesn't like you. Just the thought of moving. My wife and I were talking about this the other night. Gee, if we, would we would we ever? I, I don't want to move. I don't want to downsize. I don't want to upsize. I don't want to any size. I don't want to have to pack up all my stuff. So I I am not wired to go into a job thinking 
well, you know, next year from now, I'm probably going <laughs> we, to We know. Probably have to go <laughs> Thank you. for another job, Thank right? You. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, that, that makes it less attractive to me because I think after this season, there's a chance there are going to be major changes unless the commanders end up being so great in 2023 that a new owner will have no choice but to continue with the uh, the coaching staff that's in place. We're going to continue with the conversation by pivoting so, to some openings where it isn't just play caller and it may not be play caller at all. We'll talk about these vacancies more when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, continuing through this Wednesday edition of PFT Live, evaluating the offensive coordinator vacancies, and there are many of them. If you're an offensive head coach, because we don't know what's going to happen with three of these vacancies, Cardinals, Colts, Broncos. If if you're an offensive head coach, we don't know what's going to happen with any of them, frankly. we got the Panthers as well that you can throw into the mix and the Houston Texans. I mean, and let's just let's expand it to all of them. The dominoes are going to start falling eventually. If you're an offensive guy, which of those teams out there with head coaching vacancies would you think, this is where I got to go? And you've got at one extreme, the Cardinals and the Broncos, where your hands are tied with the quarterback on a long-term deal. And then you've got the Texans, the Colts, and the Panthers, where it's kind of a clean slate. You can go in any direction you want. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm still, uh, I, I think I'm still intrigued by the teams that got the quarterbacks. I am. I, I do look at that. I think as a as a totality, I think the Broncos have more pieces in place. You know, Russell, the way he looked this year is scary. All right? Uh, I mean, it, it does bother me. It, it was bad, I mean, as we, we talked about. But, again, I, I'm going to refer to the, the bigger, the broader picture, the, 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 the real pile of work, is that Russell Wilson's been really damn good his whole career. So I'm going to just say this is a one-year thing. The Broncos, with the receivers they got – Pretty good tight ends. Yeah, they need to finish the O-line, but they got Javante Williams at running back next year. He'll be back. I think as an offensive coach, I would still lean towards that, you know, knowing that, yeah, Russell Wilson, and that's going to be a little bit of a project, rebuilding his confidence and, and getting him back on track. 
the thing about the Broncos job that would be attractive and and this is kind of half next level thought. If your plan for Russell Wilson doesn't work, they ain't going to blame you. They're going to blame him. They're already assuming it's him. I think there's a pretty damn good chance it wasn't him. I think there's a pretty good chance it was Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, why would we think? And isn't it funny that we do? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was a disaster as a head coach, but it's Russell Wilson's fault that he didn't play like he used to. I mean, the, it, I think it's a safe assumption at a minimum to believe that just this entire dysfunction where you get a guy and it happens, guys get into jobs that they're not suited for. And life comes out you fast when you're an NFL head coach. And there's a lot of stuff that happens. And before you know it, the narrative is set and you crumble and the pressure's there. And then you're out of a job. I'm, I've seen enough flashes from Russell Wilson that I think with the right coaching, with the right plan, with the right approach, he can still be what he was. Now, he's not Patrick Mahomes, and he never will be. He's not Josh Allen, and he never will be. He's not Joe Burrow, and he never will be. And I think part of his maturation process is accepting, I'm not those guys. I thought maybe I was. Okay, I'm not. Let's figure out what I do well, and let's go do it. So it does make it attractive because – if, if it does fail, they're going to blame him, and you're going to get a different quarterback. And Denver's, you know, it's a great, it's a great fan base, and they're hungry for a winner. Yeah, they got some trophies, but they haven't been to the playoffs since they won their last one. And I, I'd be intrigued by that possibility. It's Defense a great test, it's a great challenge for a coordinator. Yeah, and you could have a great team. But I also like the idea of being able to go get my own guy. The question is, in Indianapolis, in Houston, in Carolina, how much are they going to let me get my own guy? because there's already general managers in place. I think that's why there's a chance Sean Payton ends up waiting until next year, because all these teams have general managers in place that are trying to protect their turf, whether they realize it or not. And it may not be as easy to just throw the keys to Sean Payton, because you've already kind of thrown the keys to your general managers. So that's my point is the three teams that don't have quarterback commitments, I would just want to have a pretty good idea that – I can ultimately get the quarterback that I want. You know, t- coaches show up at these interviews with their staff already put together. At least the staff they would try their damnedest to go get. And most of them, they already know they're going to get them. I almost feel like you need to go to these meetings with the quarterback. Your proposal and kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod. I know I can get this guy, and it's not tampering because I'm currently not working for anybody. I've spoken to this guy, and I think he'll sign with us if this is the contract we'll pay him. This is the quarterback I deliver. I'd almost want to have that. I'd, I'd want to know that I'm getting the quarterback I want before I take one of those other jobs. Yeah, I mean, that that, that would be nice, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if they, they can get far enough down the road with these quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks will talk enough, you know, to other teams and know where they're at or whatever. Sean Payton, I mean, yeah, he could probably pull that off with some of the guys that might be available that we know right now. But, like, I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to pull that off for sure. Right? That, that would be, that would be the, the big thing. I don't know if anybody's just going to latch on and go, well, it's January. I'm going to latch on to that, co- that coach wherever he goes and wherever he puts me, that's good. Sean Payton, to me, is the only guy that's worthy of, like, oh, wait, I'll, wherever he goes, I'll go. So that, that, that's, that's – that's the the greatness of the Sean Payton hire. Quarterbacks are going to want to go with him blindly. They're not even going to care. Oh, wait, there's no O-line, whatever. He'll figure it out. He'll have all the system plays, and he'll build it the right way. Uh, that's what's amazing about Sean Payton there. Um, but, but I hear you as far as wanting a blank canvas. 
You know, again, it's just what is that blank canvas going to be? There's a there's a lot of coaches that are you know now not head coaches because they went, I wanted this quarterback, and the organization didn't get me that guy. And man, I'd still be there if they got me the guy I wanted, but they didn't get it. Uh, and that's that's definitely one of the hard parts of the job. And it's going to be one of the intriguing things about this offseason with all the, the quarterback movement. You know, and it's what scares me. You know, the Colts thing. Yeah, the quarterback situation, let alone a few other positions on that football team that are still, you know, in need as well. Um, Kyler, we've seen Kyler do special things. We've seen Russell Wilson, to your point a minute ago, do special things. You know, I, I, I and now you, if you're a good coach, you should believe, hey, I can do some more special things with those guys and build around it and build something that makes sense, you know, around their game and their strengths and weaknesses and. Uh, that, that's what's going to be kind of fun to watch with some of these projects we see here. The problem with the Cardinals is you don't know when Kyler Murray's going to yeah, be healthy. I right. remember right after he got injured, ESPN was like, oh, he'll be ready to go week one. I, I hate putting that kind of expectation on a player. And then uh, more restrained reports came out later about, and it was Cliff Kingsbury himself who said uh, there's a good chance he's not going to be ready week one. That was before Cliff Kingsbury was uh, told he won't be there week one, uh, definitely. But it's kind of like scholarship year, both in Denver and in Arizona. Because in Denver, hey, let's try to fix Russell. And if it doesn't work, 2024, we can move on and we get another quarterback. With Kyler, it's we're not going to have 100% Kyler until 2024. Let's just do what we can this year. I'm really not on the clock. I'm really not being graded on this. This isn't going to be on the test because we're going to start the season with whoever potentially, and then pivot to Kyler Murray at some point, knowing he's not going to be able to run like he used to until 2024. So it kind of, from a stability standpoint, it makes it attractive because it gives you a year to kind of get your feet wet and get things under control because you really don't know that Kyler's going to be Kyler until 24. Last one, and this is the offensive coordinator position where you're not going to really be the offensive coordinator. This is working with Sean McVay, which can be very good. If you're Kevin O'Connell, if you're Zach Taylor, if you're anybody that passed through the building, uh, there, there was a time there a few years ago where if you just bumped into Sean McVay in the lobby of a hotel, you became a head coaching candidate. Now they got to rebuild whether they want to admit it or not. And Sean McVay is clearly in charge. What should he be looking for? You know, what, what does he need? as a right-hand man in the offense to get the most out of him and the most out of his offense moving forward. Yeah, well, they, they got a lot of work there all together. I mean, you know, need a new online coach. They, they made a change there. You know, yeah, they need an OC. I think, you know, the biggest thing to me, and, and just reading between the lines, listening to Les Snead's interview last week and what he said, they need an OC that can take some off the plate for Sean McVay. I, I think that's the thing I look at. A guy who can, yeah, maybe infuse a few new ideas to his offense, but more or less, too, to where maybe they can, you know, McVay can trust him to do a little bit more of the meat and potatoes of the game planning every week. I mean, just by what you hear, rumors around the NFL, I think, you know, looking at the McVay situation, listening to Les Snead and what he's saying there, is that McVay's got too much on his plate and he's burning, you know, he's burning up. 
the candles, you know, it's burning down there. There's only so much he can do, and he seems to be exhausted by all of it. So that's where I look at it to be more of anything. It's going to be his offense and his ideas. Can he just get a guy there that takes a little pressure off him and maybe gives him a few new wrinkles to his offense? That would be the biggest thing for me. Someone to whom you can delegate, someone who you trust, and someone who is creative and smart and does help you, helps enhance what you already know. Good luck finding that guy. But, but I think that's what you need if you're Sean McVay. And I think a lot of it's on him to understand at some point you can't do it all. At some point it's not healthy to be Bill Belichick and try to do everything. And even then he has to have people around him he can trust. Look at what happened this year when he just threw the, the keys of the offense to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So uh, I, I agree with you. And, and if it works – you become a head coach. You know, it's not just offensive coaches on teams with a defensive head coach who become head coaches. If you're associated with a great offensive coach, that gets you an opportunity as well. Let's go ahead and take a break. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers earlier in the program. After his most recent comments, making it clear a trade is a possibility, which team should be thinking about trading him? We'll do that as a draft next here on this Wednesday edition of PFT Live. To be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else. I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and 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 go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, there, again, when I think about that thought, because it's important to to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control. Um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude for an incredible organization that's done a ton for me. I've been there 18 years. I have lifelong friends in that organization. I don't think there'd be a scenario where I'd come back and that would be the number. I think it, it would definitely, definitely things would have to shift. Aaron Rodgers talking to Pat McAfee and AJ Hawk yesterday about the realities in Green Bay. And look, his first decision is, do I play or not play? Second decision is, if I play, is it for the Packers or somebody else? And the Packers are going to make the decision for him as to whether or not he wants to stay. Because if they change enough of the team, and he made basically a ransom note list last week of guys that he wants on the team, that will make him want to move on. And if he wants to move on, and I've seen all this reporting, Chris, about, well, the Packers won't trade him to an NFC team. Well, you know what? If he doesn't want to play for you and you don't want him around and the the only team he wants to play for is in the NFC, you're going to trade him to an NFC team. He's got a lot of power here. So to the extent that there should be teams out there trying to get Aaron Rodgers to exercise that power in a way that makes him want to play for them, let's have a draft of the teams that should be trying to get Aaron Rodgers' attention either – there's never there's never really a time to do it until he has authorization to to try to do a trade but we know how it works there's probably some conversations happening behind the scenes so which team should be trying to spark those conversations chris you're up well i I think the jets would be the first team i would look at to go let's spark you know the conversations and dive into this a little bit one i think their team is like kind of ready you know we hit on it a little earlier in the show at healthy their whole line is is damn good they got receivers. They got a running back. They got a top five defense. So from that standpoint, you look at it and go, wait, wait, we're kind of like a team that's ready to go right now. And if you wanted to save maybe the Zach Wilson situation and all that, well, that could be a great guy for him to learn from behind, you know, behind the scenes a little bit. 
and 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 grow a little as a quarterback and you know maybe you can make him to something in the future but the Jets would be the first one that uh, kind of jumps to my mind let alone you know I think it quiets a uh, an antsy fan base like we talked about before too and they won't be able to complain about the quarterback suit situation you know at least at first with Aaron Rodgers until he throws his first interception then they'll say bench him for Joe Flacco <laughs> when I first considered the possibility and let me tell you I, I you got to think of how the fan base will react to him, not on the way in, but once it gets going. And I thought about that Thursday night in Tennessee where Aaron Rodgers had a couple of bad throws in the fourth quarter and he got booed at Lambeau Field. I, I can only imagine how Jets fans will react if he doesn't perform in the way that they're expecting You know, prime Aaron Rodgers to perform. That's the risk of making that move if you're the Jets and if you're Aaron Rodgers. How about the Dolphins? That's my first one. I mean, we're already suggesting that Tom Brady may want to try to do it again. It blew up in their faces last year. And even though Tua Tagovailoa improved as a passer, the concussion issue isn't going away as much as they want to try to talk it away. Aaron Rodgers or Tua, even with Aaron Rodgers pushing 40, with that Mike McDaniel offense and what I think those two guys could do, and I think McDaniel's just kind of – he's just got the right personality – to mesh with there. I think McDaniel's got the right personality to mesh with anyone because his true, he's his true authentic self all the time. And he's very calm and chill and relaxed. I, I think that could work in Miami. So uh, they should be thinking about it regardless of what they say publicly behind the scenes, behind closed doors, they should be thinking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I hear you. You know, the, the thing I get with, with them is just like, they're another team that's ready. So I just, I, I guess what I worry about is you can have a chance here to have something for a while. You know, and it's like the Jets here. It's the same thing. This is the problem you go and it was okay, wait, we built something with Aaron Rodgers for a year or two and then it and then it okay, wait, we're back. And wait, our team's still good, but wait, who's our quarterback? You know, that that's the problem with Aaron Rodgers in this situation. You're right. The Dolphins, he makes some sense there. I mean, his his ability to throw RPOs and quick passes, that's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to hold the ball and he's phenomenal at it. He's got the quickest release in football still to this day and age. Uh, but, yeah, that Tua situation going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting, too. Would, would that fan base want him? You know, they, they, that would be like, you know, you talked about with the Jets. Same thing. I mean, they're obsessed with Tua. Nobody else on the team was any good this year. It was only Tua. So that, that's another aspect that would be, you know, a little interesting there and Tua non and all that. Um, man, the next one, as far as teams that I would want to enter, that, that I think should entertain, the Carolina Panthers. They're a team that – uh, I feel like should want to entertain this conversation a little bit. One, they could use a little pizzazz in their organization, get some fans in the, get some butts in the seats, right? They got a good defense. You know, the offensive line I think has turned the corner for the better. And we saw, we know they, they got some receivers too that are dangerous. They got some guys there. They're not that far off. You know, we saw what, what, um, uh, Steve Wilkes did as far as turning around that team when they started to play the right way. They'd be a team that I would look at to go, wait, I want to get on the map and get things going the right way. And, you know, David Tepper trying to build something and become a little more established. Panthers are a team that I'd look at to go, well, why wouldn't you be interested in a Aaron Rodgers for a few years? I think a lot of it depends on who the head coach is as well. I think that would be part of it. But it's a place where you can win. It's a division that is down. And you still get to linger around the NFC and maybe cross paths with the Packers in the postseason at some point if it comes to that. And I'm sure at some level Aaron Rodgers would like to do that if he feels like they're they're pushing him out the door at all. I, hey, 
if the Dolphins and the Jets are going to be sniffing around Aaron Rodgers, Bill Belichick should too. At least do your due diligence. Do your full workup. Look at where he is. Look at the throws he can make. How many times have we said over the years, gee, how many championships would Aaron Rodgers have won if he played for the Patriots instead of the Packers and had Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels there? Now, now look, and he, since Tom Brady left, I, I don't know. It kind of feels like it's Brady, but what an opportunity that would be to just have one of those crazy alternate realities where we get to see Belichick and Aaron Rodgers. And frankly, I don't think it would work. I don't think it would work. And I don't think Rodgers would have any interest in being coached the way that Bill Belichick coached. So then why are you picking them? Why are you picking them? If you're just making a case against it, not that. The draft is teams that should entertain it. I, I and it would be entertaining to me, but if the Dolphins and the Jets are thinking about it, I I don't want to have to deal with this guy. I mean, we don't know what Bill Belichick really thinks of Aaron Rodgers, but if he views him as a great quarterback who's still got plenty of gas in the tank, and he's going to watch him waltz through the door to the Jets or the Dolphins facilities, I'm at least going to entertain the possibility of trying to get him to me, so I don't have to deal with him, and maybe we can work together. And, and I can get the championship that Tom Brady got without me. I can at least get one to match the one that he got without me. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. You know, I, I don't know. That one's dicey. Uh, again, Bill Belichick seems like it's, it's coming to an end, and he's already got a foot out the door, and he's not going to be there more than another year or two. Man, dealing with Aaron Rodgers. Billy O'Brien just got back. You just drafted your franchise quarterback, and he played well. I mean, yeah, their offense stunk this year, so he didn't look as good. But we all know what the problem was. I don't know. I don't know if I see that one happening. I don't. Um, it, I, nor do I think it's a Patriots thing. And and I don't think it's fair to say, you know, it, 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 yeah, I don't see that happening. Okay? You, you stated the reasons why it shouldn't happen. And I don't think you should entertain that, New England. I'm sorry. I'm disagreeing with you on that one, Mike. Um, this is where it gets. If Aaron Rodgers is truly willing to submit, though, if he would be truly willing to submit to hard coaching in the per- and you know what, I don't know that he wants another championship because what did he say last week? I think I can win another MVP with another team. He didn't say I think I can win another championship, so he may not want that. He he may he may be too old to have to suddenly deal with curmudgeonly Bill Belichick. So you've kind of talked me out of it, but they should at least entertain it if they think he's going to be in the division. That's my point. I got you. I got you. Now, now it's like, I don't know where to go here with this conversation. I, I, I guess the team that I look at to maybe make the most sense is Washington, you know, a little again now, I mean, all the, all these ones all have their little issues. Washington. Yeah. We don't know who the OC is going to be, but you talk about entertaining things, all right, or, or who should entertain it, you know, for a myriad of reasons. Washington's a team that's been dysfunctional. You know, this can bring a positive vibe to their football team a little bit. And then, again, we, we kind of hit it on it a little bit ago. They got some weapons and some, some things on the, on, on the offensive side of the ball that are intriguing. You know, we know the defense. We saw that. They can be dominant and a real big pain in the butt for offenses. So it's a team that I don't look at to be too far off there. Uh, offense, offensive line, you know, a guy or two. But, damn, there's some things there that I would think, hey, we get Aaron Rodgers here, we could, we can compete in the NFC East. Or, you know, we can be a team that's in the playoffs right away. Uh, I, I would think about it if I were them. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And, again, you know, the NFL is a one-year-at-a-time proposition now. And uh, – and, and the commanders are a perfect example because new ownership is coming. 
it's one year. Let's go all in. Let's go do it. And let's let's see what happens. Let's let's see how far we can take this. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers could make that team a lot better than it currently is. I'm having trouble coming up with a sixth one. I, it's, I mean, it's the Colts tough. have, no. I think, slammed the door. I've heard the Colts mentioned, but they, right. they can't keep doing the older quarterback, and we got him one year too late. Yeah. Chris Ballard can't survive another one of those. Uh, the Raiders make some sense on the surface, but... Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, somebody, and, and is the team really good enough? And does he really want to be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, even though we still keep waiting for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers to square off? That does have some appeal. I just don't – oh, and it, and it brings him together with Devontae Adams. I'll go Raiders. Final answer. I forgot about Devontae Adams being in Las Vegas. Although Aaron Rodgers may be – he may not. After Devontae Adams left Rodgers for Derek Carr last year, I don't know that Rodgers is going to be all that thrilled about a reunion – but I was I was torn between Raiders and Seahawks. I, I the Seahawks intrigue me because I don't know what they're going to do with Geno Smith. They, they have a team that feels like it's on the rise. I don't know that it's good for them, but but it could be good for them for one year. It could be good, you know, a short term thing. Let's try to pursue a championship. Who knows how much longer Pete Carroll is going to be there? The team may get sold as early as May of twenty twenty four. I, I just if they could get him for a, a reasonable price, and remember John Schneider, the GM of the team, is a Packers shareholder. I, I I think they'd at least ponder the possibility if they could get him for a reasonable price, both as to what they'd have to give up and what they'd have to pay him. Yeah. I, so I'm saying uh, Raiders, but I'm also making the case I'm taking I'm taking the liberty of a three A and a three B Raiders slash Seahawks. Yeah, it, it's you know again there's there's a lot of things that have to go on with the Rogers situation. I think that really. You know, make the situation tough. The money, you know, how long is he going to play? The compensation that's really there. Of course, the state of the football team, all of that. You know, I, I hear you there. I look at Seattle and sometimes go, man, they just got out. They just got rid of a quarterback that, you know, by all due appearances, they thought was a pain in the butt. They're going to bring another one in then by all due appearances that we know is a pain in the butt too. So that, that, that's, that's, that, that's the interesting thing here with the Rodgers situation. I even thought about the Atlanta Falcons, Mike, a little bit. They do have a great offensive line. They need some some receivers and some weapons there a little bit. But they got Pitts and Drake London. You know, I don't know. There was another team that crossed my mind. But I think we hit on the ones at least that make the most sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's take a break. When we return, best catches and feats of strength from divisional round re- weekend. Week, week, division weekend. round weekend that's next here on pft live have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Take whatever I can get, and um, yeah, it's probably the opposite. Yeah, twenty weeks in, I'm absolutely looking for anything. You know, week one's easy. Uh, week twenty, uh, you'll take anything you can get, and uh, I'll search every inch of the internet to get it. Well, Zach Taylor, if you had searched PFT right after the games on Sunday, you would have had something. The Bengals were underdogs again, and we even made that point. The Bengals have to love this. They've beaten the Chiefs three straight times, three times in calendar year 2022. Patrick Mahomes is hurt, and the Chiefs were one-point favorites. Were is the key word. Uh, It's now swung. The Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites at Arrowhead Stadium, a two-and-a-half-point swing, fueled undoubtedly by all the people betting on the Bengals because plenty have come to the conclusion, as I have, Chris, and I told you this on Monday, I'm never picking against the Bengals again. Okay. All right. Hey, listen, I, I understand the point swing. I think I'm with you. I'm a little shocked of, like, that the, the Chiefs opened as the favorite. That was a little surprising. I mean, I think it's one where you go, wait, you know, healthy Patrick Mahomes neutral field, right? I'm going to, I would think that that line would be two, two and a half to the Bengals almost, just a neutral field. Now, wait, no, Patrick Mahomes is not going to be 100%, right? And has shown that, you know, even when 100%, when he plays this team, he can't necessarily take over at times. You know, they know how to stop some of his magical plays there. So, yeah, I'm not surprised to see the, the line sway towards the Cincinnati Bengals. I will say this, though. You know, yeah, 3-0, and definitely. The Chiefs are better. The Chiefs are a better team now than they were in the AFC Championship game. They're a better team now than they were 13 weeks ago. And that's where I think it's different. Now, Mahomes is not the same. I get that. But Mahomes, like we've talked about too, he's been very good in the pocket this year. So hopefully all that work in the pocket can help him survive this one, you know. And I hear your Bengals. I'd be, I'd be shocked either way. I don't know how you feel about this. Even with Mahomes at 85 90%, I'd be shocked if it's still not a close football game. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout for either team by any stretch of the imagination. The last time a number one seed was the underdog at home. Man. 2017 Eagles. Remember they were wearing <laughs> those dog masks. The uh, Vikings were actually favored in that game. What was anyone thinking at that time? Good Lord, 38-7 to was the final score. The Nick so, Foles aspect. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 38-7. Right. Chiefs, my goodness. Uh, right. un- yeah, unbelievable. All right. The Eagles uh, are now two-and-a-half-point favorites over the 49ers. Initially, one-and-a-half points in most places. You know, for as good as the 49ers are, the Brock Purdy dynamic, I think, is what creates the edge for the Eagles and also the Eagles at home. Yes. Brock Purdy going into that environment. He's had just a couple of road games, nothing like Philadelphia. Yeah. This is going to be an experience. And and this is, you know, this is not easy for any quarterback, let alone a rookie. I think that's, you had, you said it right. And there's a lot of, this is a very even matchup in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm excited to see this one. You talk about teams and hard hitting and, you know, all the right players at just about every position, 
I mean, that, that's what these two teams have, certainly. And great coaches who were creative kind of on both sides of the ball there. Um, but, but, yeah, I understand that. And you got Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, as good as he's been this year. We haven't seen him blink the whole year. Anything, nothing's phased them. Uh, I would think that the Eagles are favored in this one. Another interesting betting proposition, the yeah. Super Bowl winner, and that's something we track all year long. Well, with four teams left, it's about as close as it can get. This is unprecedented. The Eagles plus 240, the Bengals plus 240, Chiefs plus 300, 49ers plus 350. I think 49ers are the best value there if you are inclined right. to make a wager. But again, do so responsibly and at your own risk because listening to us can be hazardous to your financial but, health. But uh, I, I'm surprised the Bengals are co-favorites with the Eagles. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I am too. You know, but but again, I think you know what you're talking about, what you said in the first segment, all of that. When you look at the Bengals team, there's really there, there's not a weakness to the team except the one area. Right, the offensive line, which was really good last week, that was the shock. You know that that's why you know I, I know we talked about it last week, and I said it on our picks podcast. Like I would have picked the Bengals to win that game, you know, ten out of ten. But the offensive line, the three injuries, you know, the way they looked the two weeks before that, you went, I don't know, can they really do this? You know, that's the other thing that questions I questioned again this week. I don't know, can they really do this? Can they put up another performance like that? And stop Chris Jones and company like that? That's, that's to me, one of the most intriguing parts of the matchup. I know we got the quarterbacks and all that, but just the one-week turnaround by the Bengals' offensive line and what they did, can they replicate that performance? And if they can replicate it to what we saw the other day, then they're going to win and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But, you know, th- these, this team, Kansas City, they got some different dudes up front here. This is different than the Bills. And they got some guys who can go, uh, I'm taking the game over. I'm going to F plays up everywhere. So that's where it'll be interesting. And I'm I'm certainly intrigued by that because I just didn't see that type of turnaround coming from that group there. Let's take a break. When we come back, could the first of five dominoes fall as soon as today as head coaching vacancies inevitably are filled? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Okay, five vacancies. One could be filled maybe as soon as today. And I tried to couch this accordingly. I like to share with the audience the things that I hear from people that I trust. And as of last night, the rumblings from people I trust is that the Broncos could be the first ones to jump into the pool. And the names to watch, D'Amico Ryans, David Shaw. Now, obviously, D'Amico Ryans couldn't be hired today. The Broncos can make the decision today and keep it to themselves until they can actually hire D'Amico Ryans. They can't interview him again until after the conference championship round. If they would lose on Sunday, obviously he could be interviewed and hired at any time. Shaw is a name that came up recently. He's been interviewed. Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver, who is very plugged into the team, called him a sleeper back on Friday. The key there, Chris, and I was talking to a general manager about this over the weekend. One of the fascinating things about coaching searches Owners don't know what the hell they're looking for. They just don't. They don't do it very often. Ideally, they do it once and never have to do it again. What are we looking for? How do we separate one candidate from the other? Owners just don't know. In Denver, you've got three primary owners and three limited partners. And Condoleezza Rice knows David Shaw, worked at Stanford with David Shaw, helped recruit 
She was often the tiebreaker between Notre Dame and Stanford because she went to both schools. So when you have that familiarity, when you have that relationship, and the other owners otherwise don't know what the hell to do, that's a huge advantage for David Shaw. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess so. It is. I, I, it doesn't make – if I'm a Bronco fan, I'm not feeling very good that Condoleezza Rice is making our head coaching decisions. I'm sorry. As much respect for her as I have well, in why, all why, walks of life. Why is that any different – why is that any different than a guy that's been running Walmart all his freaking life? No, I know. At least she's I, been involved with football. I would, I would, I, I mean, I, has she? She's been involved with football. With why? What, what did she do? Is she, she run she, a team? Did, were or? you not listening to me? She helped recruit. She helped okay, recruit. Okay, that still doesn't mean she knows anything fan. about NFL These football. These Walmart people are just, just saying, saying we can that make that a shitload of money. I wouldn't lean on that to be. She has no experience with anything in the NFL. You talk about experience all the time, and then we're going to do that. Can I get on a government committee and make big? time decisions I talk about football it just that makes no sense to me I don't know I don't love that uh, I like David I, Shaw I got tremendous Chris, respect for Chris him. all these decisions are being made by people who are unqualified that's what's fascinating their one qualification is they got enough money to buy a team they otherwise don't know anything well, like no, us. rely on people that know do more, know something. That's what's scary. She doesn't know that anything about the NFL consultants should they get Bill Pollard should they get Ron Wolf you hate that can we you keep are in going? Business, Can we go, come back right after this? In that Let's do business. this tomorrow. Screw you, Sims. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.